And now for the major announcement. Da, 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 da. Oh, Marcus, for years, listeners have been urging with us, pleading with us, begging us to run Wellness and Couch events in their own hometown and not just in Melbourne. Well, get ready, folks, because in 2018, there's not one, not two, but three major events coming your way. The Wellness Base Camp is our brand new one-day event featuring your favourite Wellness Couch podcasters in your very own home state. In 2018, we are coming to Brisbane, Adelaide and Kiama, just south of Sydney, for one inspirational day of health and wellness. Oh, incredible lineups to MP. We've got the Up for Chatters, we've got Joe Witten, we've got Fuad, we've got Kale Brock, Audra Starkey, the incredible Marcus Pierce, Brett Hill, and so many more. Now, seats are strictly limited to these events. The Wellness Base Camp is not a big Wellness Summit 1,000 people job, so do not muck around. No, you've got to get in quick, MP. The early bird two-for-one tickets are now available. Best Christmas present ever. To book your tickets and for all the information, head to thewellnessbasecamp.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to the Primal Alternative Podcast, featuring actionable tips from real people with real stories about real food. This show is presented by Primal Health Coach Helen Marshall, who empowers other paleo-loving, thermomix-owning mums to start a sustainable, faff-free business of their own with the Primalista License. The Primalista License brings Primal Alternatives to the foods we love to our communities, making Primal living more doable with less falling off the wagon. The Primalista License is available at www.primalalternative.com. And now, introducing your host, Helen Marshall. Welcome to the Primal Alternative Podcast. Today on the show, I'm so excited to be joined by Primal Blueprint guru, Erin Power. Erin is just incredibly inspiring. I love her message around how she um, transformed her health from being somebody who did everything right. You know, she was a group fitness instructor. She still is. She's doing 16 classes a week. She was eating under one gram of fat a day. She was medically boring, but yet um, she, she should have been a goddess. She was doing everything right, and yet she wasn't. Now, she's turned to a primal lifestyle and um, has found this effortless liberation when it comes to uh, movement and exercise um, and food. And I just can't wait to share uh, the story, Erin's uh, story with you today. Now, um, if you want to check out Erin, you can find her at eatsimple.ca, www.eatsimple.ca. Um, find out what Erin had for breakfast. We talk about um, intermittent fasting, fatigue, uh, over-exercising, circadian rhythms around food, record scratch, say what? And you're going to love it. So you're going to get loads from this one. Erin is super, super, super cool and you'll love it. Now, if you feel like you want to have a bit of a reset with your health, check out my 21-day challenge, which you can start at any point, anytime, and also my six-week program set for life, which is based around the primal principles, but also looking at our limiting self-beliefs, things that are holding us back and stopping us from taking things to the next level. We talk a little bit about that in the interview today as well. Now, if you would like to align your passion for a primal lifestyle and serve the paleo primal ancestral health community in some way, then why not consider becoming a primalista? A primalista is a producer of the primal alternative food range. Um, in our food range, we've got fructose, we've got fat and seedy bread that's only got one gram of carbohydrates per slice. We've got choc chip cookies, we've got good nourishing jellies, we've got paleo pizza bases and summer or winter bread. The range is made with the most nutritious, uh, delicious ingredients and really the mission behind Primal Alternative is to make going grain free easy. Ditch the deprivation girlfriend sister and embrace the delicious nutritiousness, nutritiousness, is that a word? of Primal Alternative. We need more producers. I need you to help serve your community so we can get these products out into our communities to help the health epidemic that we're in. Over to Erin. Get straight into it and we'll start with what you had for breakfast. 
Okay. Uh, what did I have for breakfast? I had uh, just shy of half of a chicken. Um, and I, it's actually, it's 5 p.m. here, and I, I had that an hour ago. That's when I broke fast today. I had a really just hectic kind of just all over the place day. And so I finally sat down to break fast, and I had half a chicken almost, yeah. Just on its own? Yeah, I... I, I don't know. I, I'm going for dinner later tonight. So uh, because I do eat in a compressed eating window anyway, like for me to break fast at, you know, 4pm, it's a little later than normal, but not unusual. And I, like just having that straight protein, uh, you know, the protein's the greatest macronutrient for satiating hunger. So it, it got that job done. But it also like isn't, isn't so much that I'm going to be like my appetite isn't spoiled, if you will, for my dinner later, because I'm going out for dinner tonight. So um, it's going to tie me over for a few hours. And then I'll, I'll kind of finish my 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 eating window at the restaurant where I'll probably have like a steak and some awesome vegetables or something like that maybe a glass of wine or two um so yeah I just had the chicken I I eat very plain food honestly I eat very ordinary food <laughs> I think it's wonderful and, and tell us a little bit about the the compressed eating window because uh, some of the lis listeners might not know exactly what that means yeah it, when I say compressed eating window, I, I'm talking about intermittent fasting. I just don't talk about it in those terms. In fact, the the whole the whole concept of intermittent fasting is so funny to me because it's like, well, obviously it's intermittent. If it wasn't intermittent, it would be called starvation, first of all. So the intermittent, intermittent part of it is totally redundant. Um, now, the fasting thing, so fasting has become one of those things that's just really trending right now. Um, for better or worse, you know, I, I, won't, I won't dive into my opinions on whether this is a good thing or a bad thing, but uh, fasting is having a moment right now like a lot of other things are. And um, people are trying to fast a lot. I'm trying to fast for 16 hours. I'm trying to fast for 18 hours. Well, I don't try. I'm at a point where I don't try to do anything. Um, I just, over the years, my meal intervals have lengthened. So, you know, I, I just, because I've become, you know, really metabolically efficient, I, I'm really good at tapping into my, my stored fuel and I don't have to I don't have to fuel my body regularly as much anymore. So I kind of go through most of my day, like my work day, I have my workout and most of that stuff happens fasted. And then I don't really get a hunger that needs to be answered until early afternoon. Most days, that's not every day either. Some days I wake up and I need breakfast right away. But today, and, and truthfully, I'm listening to my body signals every single day. And today was 4pm. And I was like, I'm feeling like eating half a chicken. And so I did. Wow, I absolutely love that. And I also love, um, I know what you mean about the people who are saying, I'm trying to, you know, to, they're like looking at the clock and they're like pushing through to, to get to clock up those 16 or 18 hours of fasting. But really, um, this is more about becoming an intuitive eater, isn't it, Erin, and listening to your body. And if you're waking up and you're thinking, I feel like breakfast, then have breakfast. There's no need to like push through. And really, that's a bit of a hangover, isn't it, from the 80s and 90s starvation diets that we have all been on let's face it where we I mean I, I remember filling up with a can of Pepsi max you know no sugar in it because just to try and fill up um to push through that mm -hmm. that starvation which it we you know it hasn't done me any favors at all no 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 it didn't and you know it's yeah I was gonna say it's funny because the idea of intuitive eating it's really it's 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 an interesting time that we live in because people are are getting more and more experimental with their health and their nutrition, which is good. I think that's ultimately good, but we're still we're still we're still buying into these buzzwords and keywords, and even even into intuitive eating. I'm using a lot of air quotes more than I usually do because we're talking about things that are trendy right now. <laughs> even intuitive eating. I, I actually just had a little bit of a like a, a rant on one of my social feeds about this. Um, I spoke to a gal who who was asking how I eat as a health coach and nutritionist. So I kind of filled her in. Well, here's basically kind of how I approach food. That's where I'm at. She said, oh, that's great. I eat intuitively. I, I just do this intuitive eating thing. And it's like, well, that's awesome that that works for you. Like, I'm really happy that's working for you. She was in great, you know, great shape. She was happy. She was healthy. It was working for her. And I said, you know, it's funny, though, is that most people that I talk to, that wouldn't work for them because their intuition is broken. Their intuition around food is broken. And if they were to eat intuitively, they would e eat an entire sheet cake. You know what I mean? Like it's a, there's, there's 
prerequisites that have to happen metabolically for a lot of this stuff that people are trying. People are trying to eat intuitively. They're trying intermittent fasting. They're trying heat, a ketogenic diet. They're trying this. They're trying that. But honestly, at the foundational, sort of at the core of all this stuff, you have to perform this metabolic reparation. Otherwise, all those those intuitions and those signals from your body are a little bit they're a little bit haywire to be honest with you yeah absolutely so it's not really your intuition that um that you're listening to it's the the sugar um burning machine that you've created metabolically over the last like two or three decades that's actually going you need sugar and you need it now so that's actually you know not what you want to be listening to you want to be transitioning to becoming more fat adapted and then you know and also undoing all of that social conditioning that we've had Erin around clean your plate finish what's in front of you you know all of that like hangover that we had from our like grandparents from the the war years and the depression years which you know it served us at that time when there was food scarcity but now there's just food ridiculous abundance amounts and amounts that's right piles of it and so it really is a really awesome time for women but also there's a lot of uh, you know, conventional wisdom that we need to just erase, don't we? And really sort of wipe the slate clean and try and reset ourselves again. 100%. Actually, the very first thing I do with any client that I take on in my health coaching practice is I have this big document that I've been amassing over the years of all the conventional wisdom I'd like them to just sort of abandon. Mm. So I actually put it in front of them and say, here's some of the things that we've believed about nutrition for the last decade, about several decades. Um, we're going to just set that aside and and we're going to develop new wisdom. And it's going to be a little unconventional but it's based on biochemistry, which is beautifully, in some ways, simplistic. And you almost can't argue with it. You know, I spent I spent over 20 years in the fitness industry, and I'm still in it. I'm still in the fitness industry. Um, and I take, I'm very apologetic, actually, about some of the dogma and the beliefs that the fitness industry specifically piled on us about food. And a lot of it came from, from the fitness, the health and fitness industry, right? You know, eating on the clock, eating every few hours, keep your blood sugar stable by just eating all the time. And, um, lots and lots of just weird beliefs that ultimately just bewildered people. It just overwhelmed them with information. Much of it was conflicting and, and not much of it was based on biochemistry. So it's like, let's just wipe the slate clean. Let's go back to biochem, back to how the body's cells work. And that actually in some ways simplifies it, I think. I think it absolutely does. And um, my history as well as a, a personal trainer and worked in the fitness industry for 20 years before um, before I became a primal health coach. And it's the same thing. You know, every every single woman that I used to see back in the day, all they wanted to do was to lose weight and tone up. There was no um, connection between food and mood or food and, you know, how your body was functioning on a like fertility level, hormonal level, everything like that. Mood, depression, anxiety. There was nothing, um, no link at all. And so I do feel as well like it's my duty now to go to go forth and spread this word as much as possible so that people know that they're not on their own. And that was actually a big crock of crap and it didn't work. And it's not their fault that they're now in their 30s and 40s and in a complete health crisis, right? Absolutely. I, you know, it's so funny. I say the exact same thing. It's not really your fault. Uh, it's not really your fault. You were, you were being fed bad information. And for that, I apologize on behalf of the whole fitness industry. But hey, it's not too late. We can, we can start making steps to, to get us on the right path metabolically. Love it. So tell us about your story, Erin, from when you were, you know, following the conventional wisdom and then tell us about how you came across Primal. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, I was the most well-behaved uh, nutritionally, um, you know, fitness, nutrition, I had everything dialed in. I did everything right. I was so obedient. I ate uh, f five to six small meals a day. They were lean protein, healthy whole grains, very low fat. I was the best at low fat eating. I could go a whole day with fewer than one gram of fat. Like that was like, I could, I'm really good at low fat. I was very good at it. Um, also, I was in the fitness industry, as I mentioned, I wasn't a personal trainer. I was and still am a group fitness instructor. So that's a little bit of a different um, branch of the fitness industry where we're actually, we're, we're group fitness instructors just work out a lot. We have to just teach a lot of classes, basically. So I was teaching, you know, two to three hours of classes a day. Um, and these are moderate to high level intensity because when you're the instructor, you kind of have to push it. 
So I wasn't ever like an endurance athlete. I wasn't pounding the pavement. You know, I was just going hard in the gym, in the fitness studio. So that's that chronic cardio stuff that we now know. But at the time I thought, well, whatever, I'm eating right. I'm burning tons of calories. Um, everything should be, I should be, <laughs> I should be a goddess. I should be Wonder Woman, but I wasn't. Over time, well, I was in my 20s. In my 20s, that all worked out for me. Then I got into my 30s and, and uh, I just started really what's what my biggest symptom that I was struggling with was my unmanageable energy levels. All of a sudden I could not function. Not only could I not function in my classes that I was teaching, I couldn't function in my day job at the time I was working in marketing and advertising. And I, if there, Oh, if somebody called a meeting in the afternoon, Oh my gosh, like, forget it. I, I would have to stand up in the back of the boardroom because if I sat down, I'd be asleep. I could not manage my energy levels unless I was fueling my body consistently with whatever orange juice or jelly beans or, you know, glucose, basically. So that was a problem for me. I, I, that was, I was really struggling with that. Where It was the point where I couldn't even get through my fitness class unless I was drinking not even Pepsi Max, actual Pepsi. I had to be drinking sugar during my class to get free glucose into my blood to fuel that workout like there was just nothing working but it's okay because it was low I fat mean, right exactly there was no fat in there still under one gram of uh, fat but you were completely worn out <laughs> <laughs> exactly oh, everything else i was doing was by the book by the letter and i was getting very very sick and very very fat i was also just piling on this abdominal weight which we now we call insidious weight gain in the primal community and that that's the best way to describe it because it was like man it came out of nowhere one minute i was lean the next minute i had this big belly and it just i couldn't get rid of it i, I mean how, what more could i do i was burning thousands of calories a day i was eating lean i was eating light it was it wasn't making sense so i went to my doctor and, and previous to this, I'd been pretty medically boring because, like, again, I was a really healthy person. I never ate junk food. I wasn't, in, I wasn't a party girl. I didn't drink and eat pizza late at night. I, I didn't do anything wrong. I was such a nerd. I still am a nerd, but I was a different kind of nerd back then. But I went to my doctor, and I said, I'm having – before, like, she gave me my little annual checkup um, before she could flee the room after my – designated seven minutes was up I said wait I'm actually having some health concerns this year can you can you put the brakes on for a second so I she came back and I said I'm having these I'm having these symptoms I'm having these experiences what could that be she's like well I mean I can send you for a full blood workup if you want she said but it sounds to me like you're pre-diabetic and I was like well what what, the heck, what even is that right this is this is like eight years ago what is pre-diabetic she's like well basically it's like you're almost diabetic and if you kind of wait for a bit then you'll be diabetic and then I can give you insulin or something to manage your diabetes and it's like okay so I'm just gonna wait to become diabetic oh no my God. I reject that diagnosis yeah I, I reject that diagnosis have a nice day so I left the doctor's office and I went to the bookstore because I was in the mall that's where my doctor's office was and I, I the doc the bookstore has the computer kiosk where you can type in you know keywords to search for books and I typed in diabetes and I knew enough about diabetes to know it was an insulin problem. So I was typing in diabetes. I was searching for books about insulin. Um, I found this great book um, by a, a gal named Dr. Joey Shulman. He's actually a Canadian doctor, physician, and she wrote this book called The Last 15, which sounds like a diet book because it kind of is. But it's about that stubborn fat that we all gain around our midsection as she tied it to insulin. And this was really enlightening to me. Learning about insulin was, became sort of my, my starting point. And then there were so many things in that book that were just like, just blew my mind. Like the fact that my lifestyle, my stressful job that I hated was contributing. The fact that my overtraining was contributing to this. I was like, what? I thought I, thought I was supposed to just exercise all the time. You mean to tell me that that was actually contributing to this problem? It was a mind blowing. And then there was even some hints that the way I was eating, the timing of my food was all met, you know, really wrong from a circadian perspective, a circadian rhythm around food, which is something I still geek out on to this day. Anyway, how I came to find primal and paleo this is so embarrassing, actually, was I Googled, I Googled, because I was frustrated. I was like, no, I did everything by the book. Why did my body fail me? So then I was thinking, what did cavemen eat? Wait, no, all our, four, our, our, our ancestral 
are those ancestral beings that we came from? What how did they eat? So I actually Googled that. What did cavemen eat? And the caveman diet came up, which was the crude name that was given to the paleo diet in the early days. We try not to call it that anymore. Yes. Try to really distance ourselves from the caveman thing. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I found Rob Wolf, I found Marxists, and I found all the guys, the guys, the paleo guys. And I just started devouring all that media. And that was about eight years ago. It was interesting because I had a car accident right around that time. Totally unrelated story. Car accident injured my core. I had like a lot of core injuries, my back and my abdomen muscles, all these muscles were torn. So I couldn't do anything. I had to take a break from the gym, mm, but I dove into the nutrition. Mm. I dove into the nutrition stuff. I stopped eating grains. I stopped eating legumes. I stopped eating dairy. I changed my sort of fuel source away from carbohydrate toward fat and protein and laying on the couch. Cause I was bedridden with from this, these injuries. I, my body changed, began changing dramatically. I started losing the fat. Well, I lost the water weight quickly. Like everybody does that quick win, but my body composition changed for the better in the absence of exercise. Like for somebody who comes from the fitness industry and you know this, it's like, how, what? I haven't burned any calories. I've been lying here on the couch. And my body composition is improving. Like my, I'm not just saying I was losing weight. My body composition was improving. Fat was coming off. Muscle wasn't budging. And my muscle was staying put. The fat was just coming off of it. My energy levels. That was the big win for me. Was like suddenly I was like surging with energy. Because I was actually now appropriately feeding my previously insulin resistant cells. I managed to bring myself back from pre-diabetes. Which is just extreme insulin resistance really is what it ends up being. And now I was fed and my body was functioning and my, met my metabolic function was actually coming into its own. And it, it was, you know, I mean, I became an evangelist like so many of us do. Like so many people do when they have a life-changing health transformation. I don't care if it's a paleo diet thing that did it or you found some awesome herb that took away your menstrual cramps or whatever it is. Whenever you have a life-changing health transformation, you want to shout it from the rooftops. And so I did. Um, got a little crazy about it for a while there. <laughs> and I still am, obviously, to this day. But that was basically my health journey. That's what brought me to where to, to, to the sort of ancestral diet. Wow, such an amazing story and one that we can all so relate to, whether we were, you know, like your our background is so similar. Mine was also I had a sales and marketing corporate career that I just hated and also was still obsessed with um, with the gym and, and also thinking, well, you know, I, and I didn't eat at, at the fast food joints or anything. I was really healthy, you know, with the, the more healthy whole grains the better. I was eating so many healthy whole grains and so like no fat. I hadn't eaten fat since I was 14. But yeah, I was gaining weight and energetically uh, no energy and moods and, you know, depression, anxiety, all of these things that I just thought this isn't me. Why am I, why am I, you know, coming to be like this? And um, then, yeah, to have that to have that reset, you do get evangelical because you're like, oh my God, I found the way, this is the way, this is easy, there's no deprivation, uh, there's no guilt, you just, you you can eat all this delicious food and holy moly, doesn't food taste so much better when it's got fat on it? And you do, you're like <laughs> evangelical, right? And that's great because you are going to um, go out there and, you know, help other people in similar situations to you. And I wish that I'd found you. And I wish that you'd found you when you were Googling diabetes and caveman diet. Um, but luckily, like, the, you know, like you said, there's the Rob Wolf, the Mark Sissons out there. So tell us about your, how did you get to hang out and work for Mark Sisson? Because that's seriously cool. I know, right? <laughs> I know, believe me, I pinch myself on a daily basis. Um, yeah, because I mean, to imagine that, imagine that somebody who you you have come to kind of really idolize, truthfully, um, one of like a thought leader, a guru that who, who's every word you hang off of. I mean, I used to chase Mark around to conferences. I was never I was never brave enough to walk up to him, but I would chase him around and listen to him speak and like admire him from afar. <laughs> and uh, to have him, you know, actually hire you into your into his organization is just like a lightning strike. It, I I can't even believe it, to the, honestly. But the way it came about was, okay, like I became evangelical about about this this health transformation I had. And really my evangelism came from, like we we touched on earlier, that the conventional wisdom was wrong. And this unconventional approach was really 
effortless. And it, for me, it was like, man, I'm liberated from all that fussiness. And that, that's actually a thread that's still woven into my, my entire being and my health coaching business and everything that I do every day is the effortlessness, this liberation from the real fussiness of the fitness nutrition dogma. Anyway, I wanted to help people. I, I was like, the, evan the evangelism wasn't really working. I was just annoying my friends and my family. So I was like, well, whatever. I, I'm going to, I'm going to bring this message to people who want to hear it. And I thought in order to do that, I should have some kind of credential. And I was already tired of my professional career. My marketing career was boring. I didn't care about it anymore. It wasn't really speaking to me on any kind of authentic level. I was just doing it because it was a fine job. Um, so I thought, well, maybe I'll do this instead. So I, I searched out for a nutrition credential. And this was, this is a while ago before even the primal health coach course existed. Um, like several, probably about five or six years ago, this, I started this journey and I found a credential in where I live in Canada that, um, was it's regular, it's registered, but not regulated. Okay. So like a, like it's not regulated like a dietitian. It's a registered nutritionist program. It's a holistic nutrition diploma. So it's full-time school for a year. There's a big board exam. You have to write case studies. It was legit school. It wasn't, it wasn't like, it wasn't like a Cracker Jack school. It was legit school. Um, but you got this holistic nutrition diploma, which, which, um, you know, is the whole body. That's always a good thing. The whole body. How does the whole body use food? So there's a heavy amount of science in that course. Now, because it was holistic nutrition, it was fairly plant-based. A lot of my, most of my co, um, my uh, classmates were vegan. So I'd be like Shane eating my chicken legs in the back of the room. Um, you know, like whatever, it's all good. But, but I learned, you know, it was great. It was a great school. I can't say enough about it. It was good. I graduated with that diploma and I, I set out to start my business. And then almost as soon as I, I got busy doing that, uh, the Primal Blueprint Expert Certification Program came out. That was the first iteration of what we now call the Primal Health Coach Program. And that was really just for the dorks like us who followed Mark and wanted to be Mark's tribe. It was like, oh, I'm going to do Mark's course. So I bought it right away. I was one of the early adopters. In fact, when I look at the graduate, uh, we have a spreadsheet that we keep uh, of people who bought the course. And I'm like one of the top, like first 20 people that bought it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and it, it's funny to see my name on there. But anyway, so I didn't touch it for a long time because I was busy or whatever. Um, I kind of dabbled in it here and there, just you know, getting the coursework done. It was all, it was awesome. The content was so great, and I thought, like a lot of people probably think, well, I already know everything. I've been reading every book in this space and every blog post Mark ever wrote. I know everything already. This is going to be a breeze. And I was really humbled by the content. Mm -hmm. It was same, deep. Same. It was deep. <laughs> And I think I think a lot of us who are kind of primal paleo junkies had the same experience. Like, whoa, I wasn't expecting to be so, you know, basically bitched by this science <laughs> in this course. Getting down with the mitochondria. Honestly. And I was like, whoo, <laughs> it was really full on. Wasn't yeah, it, it, it went. Mm. It was. And I loved it. I was like, oh, this is so good. This content is awesome. So um, then one day an email came out. I got an email in my inbox anyway. And um, it was from the primal blueprint course at this point they had added the primal health coaching module so the course had changed from primal blueprint expert certification to primal health coach by adding these coaching modules because mark realized right off the bat almost right away people can and should be making a comfortable living doing this but what they need is, is some knowledge around how to build a business as a coach and how to coach people through these changes like that was the missing pink piece so he brought that in hired a, a awesome life coach christine hassler to help build out these coaching modules and mark's vision really was to have this be uh, have us have health coaches working in clinical space honestly that was his original vision for it so that's where he built out the primal health coach version of the program so anybody who had bought the Primal Blueprint Expert Certification course just got grandfathered into this new sort of more robust version of the course. Anyway, I'm rambling. This email comes out and it says something to the effect of like, you know, the Primal Health Coach program is growing. It's expanding. We have really big vision for it because you're registered for the program. I, this email went out to everybody registered in the program at the time. So because you're registered for this program, we really want to bring somebody like you in. So but we're looking for somebody who has a background in sales, marketing fitness, nutrition, you know, nose primal in and paleo primal in and out. So, you know, shoot us your resume. So I was like, well, I have almost all of those qualifications, except for I never did sales. But I was like, eh, I probably could sell. I probably could figure out how to sell a primal. I, I've been talking about it for years, right? So I threw my resume at it. And I didn't really hear back. Um, 
I don't, I think I did hear back that I didn't get the position. Didn't get it. I was like, oh, well, that's okay. Um, my colleague, Laura got that job. She got that job because she has a really strong sales background. So I was like, oh, well, no big deal. Um, I didn't expect to get it anyway. You know, I thought probably a thousand people are going to apply for that job. So, uh, a while later I got a call or an email, I think it was saying, you know, your resume was pretty good, not good enough to get the job, but it was one of the ones that bubbled to the top. And we're looking at a second position now that's more like in a, in a student and graduate support communication role, because my background was more into marketing rather than sales and communications and things like that. Um, and because I had this deeper nutrition credential, it was like, maybe, you know, maybe you'd be cut out for this kind of a role where you're actually supporting the students and graduates, helping people get through the course, start launching their business and really being that resource for them. And I was like, Oh my God, that sounds like a dream for me because I think when I went to nutrition school, I had this vision that I wasn't really going to be a one-on-one coach for clients. I really had a vision of having a broader reach. And so with this kind of a role, I could help more people help more people by helping primal health coaches get um, started in their business. So I had an interview with Aaron Fox, who's the general manager of Primal Health Coach. And then I had an interview with Mark, like I'm on the phone with Mark Sisson, like, ah. and I ended up getting the job. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I feel really, really, really lucky. I feel very lucky um, and, and really fortunate. It was kind of like, you know, you think about that law of attraction stuff, you know, I, sometimes you just take a leap and you don't know how it's going to pan out, but somehow I hate to say the universe takes care of you because it, it, it certainly wasn't an easy journey for me to, to leave my professional career and start a health coaching career and have this opportunity with Primal Health Coach and working for Mark himself. But, um, you know, I feel I feel really proud and excited that I was willing to at least explore that opportunity and that had that desire to change and, and leap from what I was doing. So anyhow, that's how it came to be. And um, yeah, I think I'm a pretty lucky girl. You are. You are such a lucky girl. It's amazing. I love that story. And I also love how whenever I interview anybody who's had a primal transformation, there's always that little bit of law of attraction or, you know, all these things just lined up. Oh, it could be a coincidence or it could be, you know, the wonder of the infinite or the universe. And there really is that that little bit of magic that happens. And and I personally believe, Erin, that it's because you're so... Um, you know, you're so kind of your, your energy is so much purer when you're you're eating a plants and animals based diet that you, you just feel a lot more connected to not just your intuition around um, what you want to eat, but also that inner guide that you have, like it's suddenly so apparent and you've got this extra energy and this extra, I don't know, just joy for life to to get that inspiration and have that energy to take action and move forward and and to have that extra confidence like what the hell why not what have I got to lose my life's great anyway kind of approach you know what I mean yeah. really cool I think you're totally right I think you're completely right because people talk a lot when they go through this kind of a nutrition change that they get this clarity of mind mm-hmm. my mind feels so clear you hear people say that all the time and it's like if you really had to put your finger on it maybe that clarity of mind we're experiencing is actually a deeper connection to our own minds you know maybe we're actually finally cleared out all the fog and we're actually more in tune with what's happening in 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 those lobes of our brain and and i think you're right like once you've taken a leap in in your health and you said i'm going to experiment with my health i'm just going to do an n equals one experiment on myself see what happens and you succeed well then you're doing n equals one experiments everywhere you know (laughs) in your career your family your relationships like you, you you really do lose that fear of failure. Like when you're able to empower yourself to come back from a, a, a pretty unmanageable health crisis, if you will, mm. that, 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 that trickles through it's yeah, into other areas of your life for sure. Mm, it's really yeah. amazing. So what does your business look like now, Erin? So you, you've already said that you ditched that marketing job that you, you hated and now you, you're on the, um, you know, the primal blueprint uh, payroll, but do you still have your own clients as well? Like, how does your week look? Yeah, I do still have my health coaching business. I, um, you know, it's funny because I, what I, the way I used to phrase it was, well, I, I kind of do it on the side now because I have this full time gig supporting primal health coaches, which I absolutely love. I can't stress how much I love it. But that verbiage, actually, Christine Hassler, our coaching director, she's she's she uh, just encourages uh, encourages people away from using that kind of language. So basically, the way I 
I structure my health coaching business is I carry about three to five clients at a time and that's it. And I do one-on-one client coaching. It's funny because when I went to nutrition school, I really thought I was only going to do that for a brief period of time just to get some street cred as a coach. So I could say that I did consult clients and I was probably going to move away from it and do workshops and retreats and speaking engagements and write books and do all this broader outreach stuff. But I actually really love one-on-one coaching now. I've grown to really, really enjoy it. And uh, so I carry about three to five clients at a time. And my business is called Eat Simple. And and I, I came up with that idea when I was sitting in my holistic nutrition classroom and I was learning all this holistic nutrition stuff and it was still too fussy. I was like, everything's too fussy. I'm not going to drink a turmeric ginger tincture. I'm not going to make, I'm not going to, you know, burn herbs and I'm not, I, like, I'm not going to do any of this stuff. I'm a food person. I, I like to eat real food. I don't like to put crazy recipes together. I just want to eat and live and move and just be happy. So everything was still too fussy. And so this eat simple concept came up to me, came to me when I was in school. So everything that I do in my health coaching business is about simplicity, about an effortless relationship with food and movement and your body and just really liberating from anything fussy. So even people who are busy peeing on keto sticks right now, because I think that's how they have to get into ketosis. It's like, nope, too fussy. Don't care. People who are counting their macros or, you know, getting their body fat measured. It's like, nope, don't care. Too fussy. I don't do any of that stuff. And that's the messaging I put out in my marketing materials, right? So I, I, I market very sporadically. I'll write a blog post here and there. I'll do a podcast here and there. Social, you know, I, I don't spend a lot of time hustling my business, but because I've been at it for long enough and my voice is clear enough and people understand I'm the lady who likes to keep things simple, I get this steady influx of clients that just want that. They're like, I don't really want to get into a bikini. I'm not looking to get into a wedding dress. I don't have a deadline for this. I just want to finally feel at peace with food. And so that's people that come to me and it's so fun to work with them. So I, I have, I carry three to five clients at a time and most of my clients are on an eight or a 12 week program with me. So they're just, it's like an, it's sort of an intensive, um, immersion that I spend with these clients about once or twice a week, we get together while on Skype or by phone. And then I work a full-time day with Primal Health Coach. So it's very easy for me to kind of slide client, you know, calls in amongst my Primal Health Coach calls. I still teach fitness classes, but I teach way fewer. I'm probably down from, I used to teach 16 classes a week and now I teach three which I love. I don't feel like I'm crippled all the time. Um, I get into the weight room. That's important to me. I love lifting weights. I try to get some nice long walks in. Like I really feel like I've have struck a really amazing balance. Um, and I don't know. I just feel, I just think it's a real happy existence that I managed to carve up for myself. But yeah. I love it. I love it. And I, I also love the uh, extra coaching sessions from Christine because up until then, really what I was trying to do when I worked with clients was just tell them everything I knew about Primal. And uh, because I'm, just, well, I'm so enthusiastic, I tell them everything, everything, everything. But when I then realized that actually yeah. that was completely overwhelming and they just went away going, holy crap, I don't even know where to start. Whereas the coaching part actually gives you that the tools to you know coach and find out where people are at and what they need and what their goals are and then work with them you know in more of a bite-sized actionable way over over a period of time yes that's really that transformed Mm -hmm. my business absolutely um yes could you tell us about your role with the primal health coaches and how you how do you support the health coaches yeah. So right off the bat, I mean, it started off more as a customer service thing. So if people were having problems with anything at all, I, I was kind of the go-to where if you had any question about anything, uh, I was your girl. But we since have evolved that a little bit. My dog. Hi, doggy. Hey, buddy. Oh, cute. <laughs> He's cute. Uh, we've since evolved that because what we're finding is a lot of our coaches were um, – like what a great community of people, first of all, like what a tribe, what a tribe of like-minded people. I feel really fortunate because I got to tell you, I'm, I'm currently enrolled in two other health coaching programs, basically just to see what they're doing. Like I'm kind of just, yeah, professional competitive, you know, analysis, if you will. And our, our community is so focused, which is what I love about it. The focus on the ancestral health movement is, I mean, it's it's awesome. Just it's a great community to be part of. But what's coming out of this amazing engaged community of students and graduates was people who are like, I'm ready. I'm ready to make the leap. I want to start a business. I just don't know how. I'm scared. I don't know anything about how to build a website. I don't know anything about how to, you know, market myself or where I'm going to find clients. So 
because I've been at it for a little while, I just started, um, not I just started, but I just, I moved toward more of a coaching role in that way. So I spend a lot of time on the phone every week with primal health coach students and graduates who are like, okay, I'm take, I'm really serious about this. This is going to be my new career path. And I want to know everything about how I can start this and what it's going to look like for me. Because every single person who graduates our program, and I'm not exaggerating, goes to business in a totally different way. Absolutely. It's so cool. It's mm. so cool. We all, we all get the same education. We all come from roughly the same-ish background, but everybody's launching a totally different business. So I just help kind of tease out what their business is going to look like. You know, what's your background? What other credentials do you have? What do you love? What's your sort of zone of genius in terms of ancestral health? Like for me, it's insulin stuff because that was my health transformation. Some people are autoimmune. Some people are women's health. Some people are thyroid. What have you? Um I just spend a lot of time hashing things out on the phone with primal health coaches. Another big part of my role is is imagining like product development. So what more can we as an organization build and deliver and develop for our primal health coaches? And that's one of the reasons why I'm enrolled in so many other health coaching programs right now is to see what other programs are doing and if any of that kind of stuff might be beneficial for our, our community as well. Wow, just incredible. So for people who are starting out, uh, I know some of our listeners will be primal health coaches or other uh, health coaches, or they might have just a, a real passion for primal and want to serve the primal community in some way, whether it be uh, fitness classes or food products. Have you got any um, actionable tips that they can take away for like where to start? Because really that is that like, I've got this dream, but I don't know where to start. And it's a bit of a big question. Yeah. How long have you got? It is really, it's a very big question. And I don't, I don't have a real tidy answer for it. I don't have a tidy answer for it. And this is the conversation that I have all the time with primal health coaches. So we kind of have to, we have to kind of navigate that together one-on-one a little bit, but the best place to start always is at your health transformation. That's always the the place where you want to start is who were you before you got to be who you are now? Who were you before your health transformation? What was your, what was your life like? Were you a busy, were you a busy executive? Were you a working mom? Were you a single parent? Were you, what were you, who were you and what was your health crisis and how were those things related? And then how did you get better? What approach did you take to get better? And I use the phrase get better very loosely, please take it with a grain of salt because we don't use that kind of language in health coaching specifically, but speaking among friends, we can say, I got better. Um, you know, that, that's going to end up being your, 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 what we call your avatar client, which is a really important place to start. It's, it's truthfully the place to start. Like, as an example, when I created Eat Simple, it was like, I didn't just come up with Eat Simple. I came up with the person I was going to help. Like, the person I'm going to help is the person who, like me, did everything right and still got fat and sick and is bewildered and baffled as to how that could happen and want something simple and straightforward to get them on the journey to health right? So that's who my person was. And then eat simple unpacked from that. So everything about that now is an authentic expression of self. And I think that's really important. I say this as somebody who has been a marketer for my whole professional career. And you know this too, having been in marketing as well. Anytime you've had the opportunity, anytime as a marketer, you have the opportunity to market something that is authentic to who you are as a person, it's effortless, easy. Mm-hmm. I can tell the story of eat simple so easily because it's my story. And my clients are me. And uh, that is the, the, the most, the, the number one thing that you should do when you're starting out as any kind of entrepreneur. I don't care if you're a health coach or if you're selling, you know, knitted washcloths on Etsy. Figure out who you are and who your client is and make sure those things are aligned because that makes the whole business building thing a lot easier. Like if I were going to go and try to dabble in whatever, like bikini competitors, if I decided I was going to market to bikini competitors, I wouldn't know what to do. And I would hate every minute of it. Mm-hmm. And anytime I veered away from my, my little tiny avatar, Aaron-like client, I've regretted it. Anytime I've taken on a client who was not in my niche, I've regretted it. Um, so that's, I know that sounds like probably pretty redundant advice, but I can't stress it enough. Everything unpacks from who your client is and that ultimately impacts from who you are absolutely no I think that's really um, really the essence of creating a really good business is to tell your story uh, because you know your authentic self will attract your avatar client or your target client however you want to say it and then yeah really just really get um, 
really get clear on who you want to serve. And even um, I've done things like write a letter or pretended to have a conversation with my target client, uh, understanding the background that she's had, that the health uh, troubles that she's had. And it just helps you to, um, you know, practice using the same language as your client before you go out and you know, start doing your blogs or your Facebook posts or your, your um, podcast interviews, whatever it is you're doing to get yourself out there fully, fully That's good right. advice. That's Cool. Yeah. Well, actually, when I, I, I had one other uh, career lightning strike, I had, I had this one job, this is just an anecdote, but I had this one job a few years ago, and I was working for a really big sporting goods retailer. So selling, you know, whatever, like, gym clothes and running shoes and skis and golf clubs like big sporting goods retailer biggest one in Canada and I got to be the brand manager for one of these for the sporting goods company that was like awesome for me because because our avatar client we we actually hired a brand agency and a big expensive advertising agency to develop our avatar for us. And it was a guy named Steve and he drove a Toyota Tacoma and it was green and he had a lab, a yellow lab. And he like, they really, really get granular on who this guy is. It's just a fake. Yeah. yeah. yeah, It's it's a fake guy. They make up, but they're like, okay, he goes to, he shops at this, he shops at Safeway for groceries. He, he reads, you know, men's health magazine. Like we had Steve dialed in. He was just a fake guy that we made up. But I was like, I'm Steve. I am Steve. Everything about Steve I am Steve. So I got to go into work every day and knowing that I'm Steve and as the person who's, I'm the brand manager, I'm telling the story of Steve. Man, that was the easiest job for me because it was like, I know Steve because I am Steve. So when you go to market as a small business owner, when you go to market as an entrepreneur, small business owner, and you're just talking in your own voice, the people who relate to you, like the people who, who, who to whom you're aligned, they self-select into your care. Like people only press that book now button on my website if they already know they're going to book with me because they like me people there's no ambiguity about who i am or what i do because i'm putting my authentic self out there and eat simple just as i did when i was you know being steve at the sporting goods company it just makes it so much easier um to get your 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 brand your content strategy kind of out there and aligned with who you are anyway i could talk about branding all Day, so oh I'm my god! Just Me too. Stop but we'll, we'll stop the branding thing. I just want to uh, rewind a couple yeah. of conversations back into the interview when you were talking about um, circadian rhythms of eating. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Mm. That sounds so cool. Yeah, that was. It is cool, and and honestly, it I've layered that into my ancestral health coaching practice because it was one of the first things I learned when I went to the bookstore and, and found that insulin book, The Last 15. And one of her theories was, not theories, one of her, her ideas was, and it's based in science, is that the body has a circadian rhythm. We're humans. We're diurnal animals. We're not nocturnal like a cat. We're diurnal. We're awake during the day. We're asleep at night. Of course, there are some exceptions to the rule shift workers, which we already know, um, shift workers are kind of on an uphill battle, uh, on an uphill battle for health improvement because their circadian rhythm is off. Like specifically, that's the problem is they're on an opposite circadian rhythm. So we know the importance of circadian rhythm. So the idea where metabolic hormones are concerned, and it's, I'm really oversimplifying the science here, but our, our insulin and our cortisol kind of, they kind of wave up and down throughout the day. And there's a natural rhythm to that wave and if we're feeding at times when those weight when it makes sense according to what metabolic hormones are up or down our body can just utilize that fuel better we can get more energy out of our food you know insulin is the master metabolic hormone it's the one that decides if food is going to become fuel for your cells or if it's going to get stored on your body or whatever the case may be so if you can feed yourself when insulin is sort of ripe for the picking it um so basically the the long and the short of it is is that and I start my clients this way too. I'm kind of giving away a little bit of my proprietary simple <laughs> sort of business here. But if clients who have a totally um, chaotic relationship with when and how and what to eat, one of the things I get them to do is start with breakfast. I know that sounds ridiculous. And I don't even eat breakfast anymore. I just told you I broke fast at 4pm today. But to start at breakfast and say, this is when insulin is starting to climb at the beginning of the day, when you first wake up, insulin started to climb, it's waiting for that morning feed. Prioritize that breakfast, make it very fuel dense breakfast, like get some good satiating fuel. And by that, I mean, like, protein, fat, some really high fiber carbohydrate, nothing, nothing fast, no fast carbohydrates, some really sustaining satiating fuel into you early in the morning, when insulin's ready to kind of deal with it and get it into your cells. And ideally, if you get that if you get that breakfast right, it should satiate you for quite a long time. So now you're about midway through the day. 
your day is half over. Like where it's noon, your, your day is half over as a diurnal animal. By the way, I don't care if this animal is sedentary or active or pregnant or sick or nursing. The diurnal, the diurnal circadian rhythm is the diurnal circadian rhythm, no matter what kind of human animal you are. That's just our rhythm. So it, that simplifies it. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't care if you're training for a Spartan race. This is still the circadian rhythm that you, you answer to. Anyway, day's half over. Now the meals can start to lighten up. So now we start to focus a bit more on like vegetables, maybe leaner, lighter protein, if that's your thing. I don't know. And then as the day goes on again, now you're into your third meal, your dinner time. Well, the day is almost over. You're probably going to eat dinner and then go to bed at some point. So that meal becomes very small. So I, I call it the funnel. The, the day kind of shapes like this. You start off big and you taper small. And that answers the, the rise and falls of, of insulin and cortisol. It really matches up nicely. Also, it just makes sense. It's like, I got the whole day ahead of me. I'm going to fuel the day. Like we're fueling the day. When you wake up in the morning, you're fueling the day. Now, over time, what what the benefit to this is, is that you start to tap into what satiety feels like, what hunger really feels like. Because you're starting to answer now, and you're answering hunger with a meal whenever hunger happens to emerge. We're not eating because it's lunchtime. We're not eating because I haven't eaten in three hours. We're not eating because we're just so ravenously hungry. We're feeding ourselves well with satiating nutrient-dense foods uh, in this funnel shape that answers our circadian rhythm. And it really starts to connect people back to hunger and satiety, which is a, a, a skill humans have lost, honestly. And that's the big win there. Over time, the funnel goes away. Like a lot of my clients that I've had for months and months will say, oh, Aaron, you're gonna be so mad at me. My funnel's broken. I'm only eating twice a day and both the meals are kind of the same size. And I'm like, I don't care. It doesn't matter. You've, you're answering hunger. Your insulin function is you know, restored. You've got great energy. You've got control over your appetite. You know, your body composition is changing. You're feeling good. The funnel goes away. It's just, a, it's, a, it's a means to an end, but it taps us back into that circadian rhythm that we've lost because the people who are coming to me are people who were following all these crazy diet dogmas that were like, you got to eat all the time. You got to eat all the time. Keep your blood sugar stable. You got to keep your blood sugar or your insulin sort of humming along at the medium to high level all day long by just eating all day. And that's not how insulin is meant to be. It's not meant to be steady state. It's meant to rise and gently fall and rise and gently fall. And the circadian meal timing answers that. I love that it. Makes sense. Yeah, it does. Whereas the convent- yeah. the conventional wisdom is more like of a tube going all day, whereas yours have got the funnel. Mm-hmm. And like you say, that's just there to to get some systems in place or a structure in place or a plan just to to get that uh, reset happening. And then from there, you can just go on and you know tune into your own hunger. Because really, when you first start out, you're not really sure what is hunger and what's not. And it and it really is uh, a bit yeah. of a relearning process. Hey, yeah. Yeah. So All right, and that's that's a good point. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So so exciting. What is on the cards for the future for Aaron? Because I don't know if I'm just been picking something up here, but I've got a feeling there's a book, a book coming from you. Is that right? <laughs> uh, you're so smart. I <laughs> I have to tell you, I, I love that you said that because now I've got to do it, right? Because now it's out there. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! I was right. I, I, do, <laughs> I just get. I just had a feeling. Well, you know, I I'm really fortunate. I, I mean, I, so in a couple of weeks' time, I'm heading to Malibu for some meetings at Mark's house, um, and I'm going to put that bug in his ear because Mark has a publishing company, as we all know. Um, and I have an idea for a book, and I've had this idea for a long time. Now, I, my background is as a writer. I started as a writer since I was a kid, and I've always known that I was going to write a book at some point in my life, but I just never it never materialized. But the tagline for my business, Eat Simple, is achieve an effortless relationship with food. And I've, I've built a program that's called Eight Weeks to Effortless. And in eight weeks' time, using this combination of circadian meal timing, ancestral health, my knowledge of just you know holistic nutrition and fitness, I'm able to really move the needle on people's relationship with food food in eight weeks time. So what I think is out there already a lot is a lot of diet books, with a lot of how to's, a lot of recipes, a lot of nice food pictures, a lot of lists of food. But the, the thing that I have envisioned in my mind is more of a story. Yeah. There's still going to be tactical, tactical pieces like how to do this, but it's not going to be about the recipes and the plan and the, and the, you know, on day one, do this and on day five, do this. It's not that it's more of like, what is the what is the beauty of an effortless relationship with food? Because I'm in it for about eight years now, and not one day goes by where I'm not just absolutely just 
um, overflowing with happiness that I don't have to think about food or obsess about what I've eaten or how I've moved or if I earned and burned enough. Like there are no words to describe what that liberation feels like until you've actually experienced it. And I want more people to experience that. I don't care if they shred their body down to like an amazing bikini bod. I want people to have an effortless relationship with food. And the people that I'm running into want that too. So that's the book I think I want to write. It's not really a diet book. It's more of a I guess it's more of a lifestyle mindset shift mm, mindset. story. Yeah. That's yep. gonna, yeah. And it, I, I, I have most of it honestly written because I've been working on my client materials for years now and all of this stuff's coming out of my head and I'm giving it to my clients. And it's just a question of just doing it. So now that it's out here into the, in the podcast sphere, I guess, um, you're going to have to pitch. It I got to answer to it. You're going to have to do it. I guess. Oh my god! And you know what? I think that that the, that there really is like a hole in the market out there right now for something that, and I just love what you're saying about the liberation and the fuss freeness of it because you know, like you say, most of us women don't have time to pee on sticks and test our blood, and um, you know, we'd like to do some fasting, but the reality is, you know, we've got kids. Uh, soccer after school and we've got that to do and, and this and that job to go to and and we just want something easy that we can do that isn't so punishing and so restrictive because yeah. we've had decades of that and it just hasn't served us and we're all just feeling worse way for it so I'm so excited and I, I want to have your book and I'd like to get a signed copy <laughs> okay yeah okay Okay, all right. Put it on the wish list. Put it on the wish list. It's coming. That's so Wait, cool. It's funny that you mentioned because I was chatting with actually a client of mine today. Maybe she'll even watch this podcast and know that I'm talking about her. But she had great success. She had really great success. She was an awesome client. She just, she just, she just nailed it. She was just one of those amazing clients that just got it right away. Just kicked butt. She's like, she's actually probably going to become a primal health coach herself. She's just so into it now. So she emailed me today, and she said. I know our sessions are done, but I just have this one question for you. Um, I'm thinking of getting my body fat tested. Do you recommend a bod pod or a DEXA scan? And have you had either? And what were your experiences? And I said, well, I said, get the DEXA scan. It's definitely the most accurate. Plus, you get your bone density checked, which is always a good thing to know. Um, I said, I haven't had either done. And I said, I thought about getting a DEXA scan, but then I had this realization. Because right now, I'm really happy with my body composition. I love it. I'm really, really happy with it. I have no complaints. What if I go and get the DEXA scan done? And it discourages me. Like right now I feel really good about everything. I don't want to chronicle and weigh and measure. This is why I'm struggling with some of the modern sort of what, what I'm seeing out there in this, in like we're talking about peeing on sticks or taking blood glucose readings or doing your measurements or before and after pictures. Even it's like, I just don't want to do any of that. I just kind of want to live with this effortless relationship with food, feel happy about what I'm walking around in. And I don't really want to know what my body fat percentage is. I, I think it would just probably, probably bum me out, honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, what I mean like I don't yeah yeah I'm discouraged yeah yeah and and and, you know we we can we can measure like how many times we turn over in bed we can work you know we can have an app tell us you know what our heart rate variability is there's like so many things that we can monitor but nobody's really or we've we're not nobody but we are moving so much more away from how do you feel like how are you feeling and really that's the most important thing and if you're feeling freaking awesome walking around in your freaking amazing vessel then hallelujah like what more do you need exactly and that's what i i mean mark is a really big proponent of that mark sisson is all about that the subjective markers of health but it's even after he wrote his keto book people bought his book and read his words and still went out and started obsessing about their macros and their blood ketone readings and it's like but that wasn't mark's message like that's not the message and i mean to your point like i would just love more people to celebrate feeling good just celebrate feeling good and don't worry about what the, what the data points are. But if you feel amazing, who cares what the data points are? Absolutely. I love it. I love it. What a great, great, what a great note to end on. That's really, really in line with my message too. So I really, really, I really relate to that. Now, I know you only have a small uh, window to take new clients on, but if people want to find you or want to work with you or just want to, um, you know, binge out on some errand time, how do they find you? <laughs> Okay, my website is eatsimple.ca, which is the Canadian website uh, extension. There's a book, uh, a free consult button you can book and just spend a half an hour on the phone with me and it's just to get to know each other. That's no obligation. Anybody can do that. I actually have a couple clients in Australia right now, so it's not out of the, you know, 
welcome to the global economy. We can have clients everywhere and be friends anywhere. Love it. Um, and I'm also pretty active. I'm pretty active on social media in Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. So uh, my Facebook and Instagram handles are uh, eatsimple.ca. So easy to remember. The YouTube handle I, it's not easy to remember because I don't have a big enough following to have like a vanity URL. <laughs> but you can find those links sometimes through my website. Um, and I do like I do take to social media. I share a lot of free stuff. Like I ultimately just want to dispense wisdom and and get rid of the conventional wisdom and try to enlighten people. So, you know, I, I I don't hesitate to give stuff away for free on social media. Um, and I love talking about this stuff. So if anybody just wants to get on the phone and just like riff about primal nutrition, I'm all I'm happy to do that all hours of the day. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Erin. It's been just a buzz to talk to you. And hopefully we'll connect again soon when we're talking about your new book. Absolutely. Oh, there we go. It's out there now, man. <laughs> yeah thanks Helen this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter The Wellness Couch streaming wellness into your lives Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.